What's up, what's up, Set Apart fam? I'm your host, Jamie Lynn Wallnow. I'm pumped about today. I'm pumped about every time. Listen, I hope that you guys are finding value in this content. I love watching this family grow. It's unbelievable that we're getting to reach as many people as we are. And I thought it would be so cool to have my friend Bunny Pound. She's the founder of Christians Engaged. Come on here and share about elections and how important it is. Does our vote really matter? What are the questions on the table at stake? Is is the trajectory of our nation really being threatened in any capacity? But here's the deal. What I love is we're called to be set apart and holy and loving and humble and powerful and be proactive in the things that God has shared us, shared with us and is revealing to us. So I hope that you enjoy this. I hope that it brings peace to the areas where you may feel frustration. I hope that it's informative for you and I hope it encourages you to move forward. Let me know how this episode affects you in uh, by messaging me on Instagram. I would love to hear from you. So without further ado, let's hop in with my friend Bunny Pounds on Does Your Vote Really Matter? Elections, elections, elections. What's up? What's up? Set apart fam. I am pumped. This woman is hard to get on the schedule, but it's good because she's doing the kingdom work because I wanted to have her on the next America show. And then I had this ding, 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 which is not, I can't get myself credit, the Holy Spirit. Why don't we bring her on the set apart podcast to talk about everyone's favorite topic, elections and why it's important to vote and how Christians can be engaged, which is a great transition into the fact that she's the founder of Christians Engaged. So Bunny, thank you for being here. I'm so excited. Oh, so excited to finally be with you, Jamie Lynn. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Yay. So can you share with people, what is it that you do with Christians Engaged? Yeah, well, we're a Christian nonpartisan ministry um, focused on the state of Texas right now because we believe Texas is the gateway for all good things in America. Um, But our heart is to awaken the body of Christ that now is the hour to really engage with our nation, um, to awaken, to educate, to motivate and empower you to do three things. Pray for our elected officials and our city, our state and our nation. It's time to vote in every election, not just general elections, but city elections, school board elections, constitutional amendment elections, primary elections. Um, And it's time to engage with the culture in some sort of political education and activism. And so for that, what what that looks like for us is whatever God's awakening in your heart to do for America, we want to give you permission to do it. And that's my bread and butter right there. I love that. All three of those things are so important. And it can be hard for those of you who are tuning in. I think this is just a healthy, vibrant, like this woman is anointed and made to have these conversations with the kingdom of heaven. So if you've been hurt, if you feel frustrated, if you feel angry on media, you are in the right place because hopefully this will sizzle that out, point you back to Jesus and remind you um, and help educate. I love that. This is what I love, buddy. You're solution driven woman. And that's what we need. It's easy to complain, but it's another thing to be part of God's solution on earth. And we can all do that by voting, which is crazy to think everybody's vote's important. So let's dive in here. Let's just go for it. Yes. What would you say the biggest concern you have for Christians in this election is? Like, what do you think we need to know that we don't know right now? I think we have to go to the Lord and ask for discernment and wisdom and not just look at personalities, but look at principles and look at platforms and look at positions. 
And that's harder to do than it sounds, right? That means we have to be uh, be diligent about educating ourselves on what's really going on in our nation, not what the media is saying, but what's really going on. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we have to have a baseline of knowing what the word of God says on important issues of our day, um, like saving the preborn, like the nation of Israel, like immigration, like fiscal responsibility, right? Um, understanding that the Bible has much to say about the issues of our day, and then trying to decide where the candidates and the political parties align with that because they do have values and principles that they uh, believe in and agree with. And so trying to discern that, understanding what that is and not getting hooked up with this idea of who I want to have a beer with or who I want to have a Diet Coke with or whatever, um, you know, that's not the issue. The yeah. issue is not who you want to go to dinner with next week. Um, that, that's who I'm going to vote for president of the United States. Um, the issue is what are the principles of, that they believe and how are they going to help our nation? And that's how we as believers need to use discernment and not just listen to all the noise around us. Right. So good. Yeah. Cause media is from the Lord. It's a genius innovation from the Lord. Yet there is always going to be life and there's going to be death in our hands with anything that's created on earth. Cause he pours his spirit out on all flesh not everybody recognizes that and you know what comes out of their mouth is a reflection of their heart and what they're putting their time to so some of it is rising up with deception accusation i think i think um i've seen oh, i love this guy seth Dahl from um bethel he used to be the children's pastor there he's made some really powerful posts about the accuser and not partnering with the accuser and christians mm. right now and i'd love you to speak into this christians right now are accusing one another like i don't know how you can be a christian if, and it's all going on on social media, which I say this a lot, you're going to be way more productive on the phone and in person around a table than you'll ever be in the comment section or creating a post of. <laughs> yes, my friend. Yes. Yeah. So can you speak to the, I mean, the accuser and what you see happening and how can we what would be a good solution here? What are things that you're seeing happening as you continue to move forward and educate Christians? We have to listen to each other. And what you just said is so important because we, you know, social media is just so one-sided. It's so superficial. And the reality is having hard conversations are really important for us to have as believers. And I love the Jewish community. I hang out with a lot of Jewish brothers and sisters that in my work for pro-Israel advocacy. And, and I love the Jewish community because they just argue and they debate and they're like tough, right? And they just yell at each other. And then they kiss each other on the cheek and just love each other. Hey, we're, we're Jewish. We're, um, <laughs> we're together. We're brothers and sisters. Yeah. And I think we as Gentile Christians could learn a lot from the Jewish community on that. We, we get our feelings hurt somebody disagrees with us on a point of debate or something. And we're like, Oh my, you know, they don't like me. They, you know, whatever we wear our, our uh, feelings on our sleeves instead of really thinking about what they're saying. And maybe they might have a valid point. Right. Um, I love as a leader, I always like to take every criticism that comes against me and, re and realize that there's always some sort of truth in it. Right. Yeah, that's good. But 
and realizing if they're speaking something negative, um, probably God wants to highlight something out of that. It might not be completely accurate, but there's something that the Lord is needling on in my own life and heart to uh, accomplish. So the same thing when we're arguing about policies and things that are going on in our nation, there's a little bit of truth in all of it. But again, we have to go back to scripture and verse. Um, mm -hmm. What does God say about the issues and, mm -hmm. and leave it at that and realize that we have to go back to that starting point and foundation. That's so good, Bunny. I just love you. You are my girl. I'm, I, I'm serious. Like you coming into my life and finally meeting you in person last Tuesday. I'm like, so got it. <laughs> I love you too. It's awesome to see young voices rising up um, in this hour of history and God's raising up women out of the place of prayer, right? Yes. There has to be a voice to speak into yes. issues because there's been a lack of women leadership yeah. in the body of Christ, but also in the political movements, um, specifically the conservative political movement. And it's time for women to rise up and say, this is not going to happen on my watch. Yeah, um, I, I'm going to think differently. I'm going to be different and I'm going to speak the truth in love and not let the culture tell me what I should believe. Yes. You know, I have a huge word for women in 2021. And um, I think it's the year where we're going to see more of that. And women are going to recognize that in themselves. And we have to keep mm -hmm pushing that word out there because it like takes seven times before people hear something. But I do believe that this nation needs a mama and it's going to require an army of us to rise up in that and represent that part of God's heart for sure. Okay. So last week when you were speaking at Upper Room, I loved the way you broke down our responsibility, even scripturally to vote. I was just, girl, I mean, I was falling in love with you. I'm like, I got a girl crush on Bunny. I'm like, you're so cool. Um, can you break down to us? Like people are tuning in and, you know, people are saying, uh, not that you have to address these things, but I think this answer would, but um, people are saying, my vote doesn't matter. I feel like um, I'm being told that I need to vote Republican. I feel like I'm being told I need to vote for this person and I don't like them or blah, blah, blah. I mean, there's so much going on, but what is our true all that aside because it i care about that with my friends but it doesn't matter what is our god-given right as a voter well the reality is the founding fathers gave us a gift in a nation that is a democratic republic right we're not a straight majority republic um, a straight democracy we are a republic that means we elect our representatives and there's biblical precedent for that. Remember, um, Moses' father-in-law told him to go put leaders in place for the children of Israel. He said, go put a leader for every 50 or 100 Israelites. Well, representative government is, is uh, so important because we have a voice on who we elect to mm -hmm. represent us in Austin, in our state legislatures, in D.C., um, so understanding that huge responsibility is really important. Now, biblically, I believe Genesis 1 tells us that we are made in the image of Christ, right? Mm -hmm. That we have the DNA of the creator God in us. So because of that, we are should be creative beings. We should be world changers. We should be leaders. And so he says, take dominion and subdue the earth. Unfortunately, we as modern believers have abandoned the earth. Right. 
into this wanting to be heavenly and so spiritually minded that we're no earthly good sometimes, uh, (laughs) realizing that God's calling us into the boardrooms of America, into Hollywood, into the fashion industry, into politics for his glory. Right. Yeah. And um, and then in the book of Revelation, we have this beautiful picture of the tribes from every nation and tribe and tongue around the throne. And he says, you will be kings and priests on the earth. Yeah. Well, I like to say I'm practicing now to be a king and priest. Maybe I'll, my mansion will be a little bit bigger and I'll have a run a city. I don't know. I love um, it. You know, we, we think, okay, we're kings and priests unto God. What does that mean? The reality is God wants us to have influence. He wants us to disciple the nations. Matthew 28, you know, all authority has been given to him on heaven and earth. And he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to observe all the things I've created, uh, given you. So it's not just a mandate to tell the story of the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus alone. It's a mandate to disciple the nations. And we do that through educational systems. We do that through media. We do that through politics. And the beauty of my life is being a political consultant for 15 years now, still loving Jesus, uh, which is an absolute miracle in this world. Um, But walking beside members of Congress and senators and state senators and governors and and really being able to share um, Jesus with them, encourage them, build them up, teach them the precincts of the Lord at the same time, serving, serving them and making sure what they have in their heart to do is fulfilled. That's so good. Really been a joy. Yeah, I love that. And you know, it's easy. Um, I was shocked how many people had just, how many young people, uh, I'm not saying this to throw shade, y'all. This is good. If you haven't heard the seven mountain message yet, you need to go Google that. I was shocked how many people that was the first time to hear it last Tuesday. Yeah. Well, I mean, clearly it's kind of part of my normal, but I remember first time I heard that message blew me away because it goes to show it's easy to think, oh, I'm going to quit or I'm not going to go there because that's evil. But even look at the life of Daniel. He was a prophet who served kings that were not that awesome. Yet, even when the enemy, his enemies came against him, he was promoted and he had influence in these influencers' lives. And I think that 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 is just as powerful as being a king, as being an influencer or what everybody wants to be. Being obedient and understanding God and being able to shine our light in the world. We're not the light of the church. We're the light of the world, you know? And I think that's so important. And so I love how your message helps connect people because the church is supposed to be outside the four walls, right? And so what if you guys were listening to Bunny just then, what really stands out to me is this election, it it impacts um, the issue of abortion, of trafficking, of our education system. Um, It impacts our, it it impacts, like, look what's happening in our cities, people who like and who don't. You can see what your governors are even doing right now in your, in your states and how they're responding. You know, if you don't like it, you can't complain if you haven't put a vote somewhere, you know, it's like, so even, even with this, can you break down a little bit more? This election is pivotal. Yes. Um, And People are saying, you know, this is one of the most, every election, this is the most important election um, that we'll have, which I feel like it's more been that last, uh, the last election. And then this one, people are saying is even bigger. And I think it is. But will you please break down 
how big of a deal is this election for us? Like, it looks like two massive different platforms, and I think you would be able to break it down a little bit more clear for us. Yeah, I mean, I was one of those reluctant Christians that went to the polls. And again, I'm not endorsing a candidate in my nonpartisan role, but that went reluctantly went to the polls for Donald J. Trump last time. And the main reason was because um, of the Supreme Court, the reality of the courts. Um, This man has put in more pro-life justices Um, In federal courts, he's built a bench now of justices. Um, We've had two uh, nominees to the Supreme Court that he's gotten in and now a third one that will hopefully be confirmed in the in the coming days. Right. Tony Barrett and Mm -hmm. radically can change the court and and really uh, make Roe v. Wade go away (laughs) in essence. And so why is that important? Because, you know, in the book of Jeremiah, God said, I knew and appointed you, Jeremiah, as a prophet to the nations in your mother's womb. I knew you. I consecrated you. And in Psalms 139, he knew us in our mother's womb. He knit us together. He spun us in our innermost beings. And the reality of that. And then you look at even um, in uh, Elizabeth's belly, she, um, the baby John the Baptist, uh, leaped because of the savior in Mary's uh, womb, right? Yeah. So the reality is um, the, these preborn babies are alive. They are uh, prophets and kings and teachers and politicians. Yeah. And and the reality of how many um, children we have murdered in this country has to be one of the, the largest issues that we deal with as Christians, yeah. um, when you look at human trafficking, um, when you look at the Bible stance on um, borders, right? Yeah. Every, yeah. Everybody talks about borders are not biblical. Well, I, I did very, biblical. very <laughs> biblically. Do you know that Nehemiah, when he went to the king, here he was the king's cupbearer, went to the king and asked for papers to go across different nations and different borders. Um, and um you know, the reality of that, um, there are all these, all these scriptures in the old Testament about border States and going over the borders and then of the enemy. Yeah. Yeah. Walls to protect a city. The Lord called them to do that. I mean, blueprints from heaven. Yeah, exactly. So there's all these issues that the Bible talks about now at the same time with the immigration issue, the Bible talks about how to take care of the foreigners within your gates, how to be compassionate, right? Yeah. Uh, we're not supposed to despise those people. We're supposed to be um, have, you know, have brotherly love over them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But the issue comes down to, is it the role of the government to do that? Or is it the role of the church? I would argue that is the role of the church to um, be loving our neighbor, right. To yeah. take care of our neighbor. Yeah. And so m- most of us in the body of Christ, what's happened over the last 50 to 60 years as we relinquish more and more control to the government, um, we have taken up our hands and taken off responsibility of taking care of our own neighborhoods, our own communities, and the own people of that are in need around us. Um, mm-hmm. But yet God is calling us to take dominion and to subdue the earth and to be blessings, right, mm-hmm. to the people around us. And, um, and so that's why this election is so important. You know, President Trump has established an occupant 
uh, I'm sorry, economic zones, opportunity economic zones that um, he is like spending federal money into impoverished neighborhoods. My friend uh, Scott Turner leads up that initiative for the White House. And Scott is a godly man. He loves Jesus. And he goes into these communities and pulls together the faith community, business community, government community, and says, let's revitalize this neighborhood. And we've got some resources that can help. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's so many different things. But again, it goes back to how we view government. Right. And how we view their role in our life and mm-hmm. how we view the individual citizen of the United States. Do we value us as citizens because um, we have rights and inherent value because we've been created by a creator mm-hmm. and endowed with our by our creator with definitely rights, right? That come not from government, but come from our creator. Yeah. So it's not just the presidential election. It's the Senate. It's the Congress. It is our state houses. It is our county governments, our mayors, all of these really digging in and understanding how these candidates think. What yeah. is the worldview? Yeah. What do you, I always like to ask them, I don't care if they're a mayor of my city. What is your worldview? Who do you believe is ultimately in charge? If they say God, if they believe that Jesus is ultimately king, then I believe that they're going to seek wisdom and understanding, right? Yeah. Do they believe in the sanctity of life? Do they believe that every person uh, from life begins to conception and that every life has inherent value? Um, that is a major issue for me because if they don't get that right, how are they going to get anything else right? Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm sorry, but how do you how do you murder babies in the womb and get anything else right if that's okay with you? Yeah. So you know, how do you deal with um, your community? What's our responsibility to our community? Yeah. So there's a lot of issues on the ballot right now. And it really is people's responsibility to dig into those, to understand what's really going on and turn off the noise. Say that. Okay. Turn I have- off the noise and get the Lord's perspective. Yes. That's so good. Um, okay, so I was asked this on the phone. I've been called a lot of things in this season. Never have I rubbed, uh, hung a Trump 2020 banner on any of my posts. Um, I, I have been more vocal than I ever have been about things, but I've been called, um, you know, a racist hiding behind my religion. I've been called, uh, I've been blamed for like, why, how could you ever vote for a white supremacist and blah, blah, blah. I mean, and I know I'm not saying that bunny, I'm not telling you who bunny's voting for, but I am voting for Trump. So for all you set apart people who are turning this off, maybe listen to why before you come at me. Um, but I was the one who battled the rhetoric. But when I saw on paper for me as a believer, how he is literally putting millions of dollars towards ending trafficking. He's putting, he's defunding Planned Parenthood, who is taking my money, my hard earned money to create more abortions and taking out a generation of God's children. If we were taking out puppies, babies in the womb, the whole world be going mad in America. These are human beings. Um, He has, he has um, funded black historic universities and colleges so they don't have to ever be concerned about need like during COVID they could have shut down nope he funded them so they don't have to keep coming back every year asking for money because he believes in them I mean I could keep going on and on the the prison reform that he has done to people who are in prison who have 
terms that are way longer than they should be. I mean, I could keep going on. Like to me, it's like crazy when you see it on paper, but when you look at the news, you don't hear any of this, you know, but you can find it when you go read and you find trustworthy resources. One of the things I was on a, I was in a conversation with somebody, we, we do not feel the same way. And I'm so grateful that he reached out to me privately um, to have a combo. And I'd love to know your response to this. He said, he goes, you know, one of my friends made an interesting point. She said she believes it should be the church's responsibility on what to do on abortion, not government telling us what to do. And he goes, what are your thoughts? And I was like, you know what? I'm not informed enough to understand how to answer that question. Um, but I do believe the church has a ton of work to do. Um, to prepare a way for providing for families, adopting, being ready to speak to the 40% of women in our churches who are having abortions um, and making a way for them to come and talk and share, talking about purity and um, protecting your your purity as a child, like talking about it and the value of protecting yourself until marriage, blah, 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 and others. But all that to say, What are your, I I went off on a rabbit trail, but what are your views on what, you know, the church and government, like the difference in who should be saying what to us? Oh, well, I believe, yes. I mean, the reality is the church should step up. I mean, we have relinquished a lot of control over to the government. Um, That's absolutely true. And if Roe v. Wade goes away, um, the pressure that's going to put on local churches on state governments to decide because what it'll do, it'll go back to the states and the states will have to decide, are they going to be life affirming states or not? Yeah. Um, And, and if they are life affirming states, then we better be prepared. Um, And so I'm really calling the body of Christ right now. We we've got, I, I believe right now in this hour of history, the prayer movement is converging with the political movement like never before. And people that have been in prayer rooms or in prayer meetings have been crying out to God for the ending of abortion. Um, they are being awakened that it's not just enough just to pray, yeah. to, to step out and to do things. And so I'm really encouraging people, if you have that burden, volunteer at your pregnancy crisis uh, pregnancy center. Um, go to abortion clinics um, and pray. Um Try to find the women in your church that are dealing with issues like that and and be that bridge, be that friend so that when if something happens, they have somebody to turn to. Yeah. Uh, Provide resources in your church. Um, We have a really large church here in Dallas, Fort Worth called Watermark. I know you're aware of Watermark. They have a life initiative in their church. They have a curriculum that my friend Brian Christensen has written 125 pages um, teaching people about the life issue. But the goal in that is to raise the church up with an understanding where they can articulate it, where they can fight for it, but not only fight for the ending abortion, but be the resource and the life giving um, mentorship that people need when they're making those choices. Yeah. So um, I I believe the church has to rise up, but we can't have the government being tyrannical and telling us that this is the way it's going to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what we've had um, since Roe v. Wade on the issue of abortion. Yeah. The government has said, this is what it, how it's going to be, period. Um, and then we look like the bad guys if we're fighting for the opposite viewpoint. But I love that the younger generation is actually getting educated and rising up. Because, yeah. you know, in the last 10 years, we've seen more and more and more these babies um, have heartbeats. 
at, you know, at eight weeks, um, there's different things that have been shown. Um, and we have all this new technology that shows people the reality of what's going on in the womb early on, which yeah. makes this younger generation even more and more pro-life. Yeah. Um, but there was a George Barna poll that just came out a few days ago that 42% of evangelical Christians um, that identify as being born again Christians don't believe they believe abortion is ambiguous in the Bible. Ambiguous? My dad and I were just talking about this this morning. Yeah. Keep going. Bro. Keep going. Unbelievable. Um, there's so many scriptures um, about life in the womb. And uh, again, Jesus in the womb, <laughs> now, being, called now, Lord, being called Lord, right? Yeah. In the womb before yeah. he was born, way before he was born. I love so, that, honey. Um, I don't understand how anyone can reach that conclusion, but I think it's not that they've, I don't think it's because the Bible's ambiguous. I believe it's because we have not studied the Bible. Hello. Say that. Say that. You know, 5% of American Christians read their Bible every day. Only 9% of, of, of Americans have said they've read the Bible all the way through. How much? Uh, what percent? 9%. Wow. Okay. So we've got a major problem where we are disconnecting. Um, we are yeah. in program churches, right? That yeah. are all about programs and we're getting fed little um, pieces of bread, right? And I'm happy for that. Thank God for that. But we have to start discipling people that their life in God is something they have to cultivate. Yes. And it and it, there's no way we're going to change our culture, or change our nation if we're not going to the Lord in the place of prayer, in worship and in the word of God. And I love the story of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. If y'all have not read one of my favorite books by Eric Metaxas on Bonhoeffer, he was a prophet. He was a pastor in, in Nazi Germany, but leading up to World War II, the church started falling asleep in Germany. And Dietrich Bonhoeffer had this group of students that he gathered around himself. And he realized the only way he could really save the church was to start teaching them about meditating on the word, digging in the word, not just mm -hmm. reading it but pondering it, thinking yeah. about it, um, making it part of their life. And so they would take a chapter and they would just spend a whole day just meditating on that chapter. And he told, he taught him, he said, converse with the Lord about it. Talk to the Lord about it. And that is one of the disciplines that we have absolutely abandoned in the body of Christ. And it's the only way that the the word of God becomes real and alive yeah. in our hearts and souls. Yeah. And so training this younger generation, it's not enough just to read your two chapters that day. Man, if you do that, you are so far ahead of everybody else. Like, thank <laughs> God that you have that discipline. Yeah. But go even further and talk to the Lord about it. Yeah. You know? Honey, talk, I love that. Talk to the Lord about it and see what he has to say. And remember that Jesus is real. When you're conversing with him in the Bible, he's a real person. He is. Yep. Real. Yeah. And so um, I, I don't believe that the Bible is ambiguous on abortion. I think we are not actually looking at the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> look at the times, you know, uh, my dad this morning was like, thou shall not kill. You know, Selah. <laughs> thou shall not kill. And then also think about the times. This is what gets me. Think about the times that the enemy 
felt threatened and began to kill babies. Now I realize that in in terms of um, in terms of uh, it being in the womb wasn't necessarily the case. It was you know when they were born underneath the age of two. But like the enemy feels so threatened that he's having to get them in the womb, not after they're born. And in some cases, it's alarming what people believe when kids are born. I just like it's disgusting to me. But the word of God, um, one of the encounters I had that completely transformed my life was the Holy Spirit put a perfect heart, or the Jesus put a perfect heart in my chest. He took out the old one, put in a new one. And he said, in order to keep this whole and perfect as it is right now, you need to water your heart with my spirit and feed it with my word. And those two are 100% 100%. It's not 50-50. It's 100 and it's 100. And it's so important. And to me, my life is transformed by the word of God. I love reading it. And then you see things in the Bible playing out today. And also, side note, I do know that I'm not trying to get all swirly and uh, Bunny's probably about to hang up. I'm just kidding. But in the book of Enoch, which I know a lot of people would cancel out, but there were potions that they would drink to kill babies in the womb. Like, so there was, hap it was happening in other books that were written during that time, biblically, but it's not in the word for some strange reason. So we do know that there's a history of people doing what we're doing today. And you read it and you're like, this is crazy. And then you're like, oh my goodness, we're doing all of that today, all of it. And so one of the cool things I heard, I don't know, I heard a prophet share um, that Roe v. Wade will be overturned. And when it is within one hour, our nation will literally feel the shift of the curse breaking off of our land. And I'm like, I want to feel that. And then it makes me think how much more we rise up for the states to pray because I don't want to be in a state that is cursed because they're still agreeing with abortion laws in their land. You know, like I feel like we're about to see some crazy stuff happening and you're going to see it manifest light and darkness more than ever across the states as we move forward. And we do in Jesus name, see Roe v. Wade be overturned. But anyway, sorry. No, that's such an important point because that's another reason why people need to be paying attention to who they're electing to their state legislatures. Yes. Because if we do really believe that, if we have faith for that, um, it will become a federalism issue where it will go back to the states and we better have people elected that believe with us yes. right, and yep. take responsibility for that. And um, and we have had a very, very pro-life Texas legislature for years. We passed a, a bill years ago that I did a whole um, paper on article on was the Women's Right to Know Act where we actually created a booklet, showed the life of the baby in the womb, in pictures, by the way. Yeah. Um, gave them a 48-hour window that they couldn't have an abortion until they read that and understood it um, and wow. had to sign a waiver that they understood that. That's happening in the state of Texas. That's now, amazing. I know that many, 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 many babies have been saved from that. We passed an ultrasound bill where women um, have to see an ultrasound, right? Yeah. So that's um legislators that are strongly pro-life trying to push the envelope as far as they can yeah. and and so that is so important that we elect those people that we might not be saving the full thousands of babies in texas but we're saving many many more than we would if they weren't in office totally that's awesome so with all of these um I, I love how informative that is because that's something I learned this year by the way and I it's because I've been leaning in and finding accurate sources um, like reading the Democratic platform, 
Yes. Which is mind blowing and, and realizing what this administration is actually doing, not what media is saying, because we're not going to hear it from them. So um, my question to you is, what would you add to this conversation? Because this podcast is going out before elections, the value of people's votes. How, what else would you like to share? Anything just go off on us, girl. Well, I just want to, you know, it, I believe God's awakening the church right now. We started Christians Engage with this scripture, Romans 13, 11. Now it is high time for us to awake out of sleep. I was a, a little mom. I had a couple businesses with my husband. I took my kids to their Christian school and I started listening to a lady named Laura Ingram on talk radio back in 2003, 2004. And just really felt a burden that I, that women needed to rise up in this hour, um, specifically on this issue of the unborn and start speaking. And, and also the debt issue, something that the Bible talks a lot about, but no one really thinks about as it relates to Christian values. So, you know, I got involved. I went to my first state convention for a political party, realized I had a voice testified in front of the platform committee and put a yard sign in my yard. And, and the rest is history. Um, that simple place of obedience led me back to Dallas Baptist University to get my degree in political science. I worked wow. for a member of Congress for 10 years as his main consultant and campaign manager, launched my own firm, um, had 32 clients at one point, and then ran for Congress myself and was the only person in 2018 in the entire United States endorsed by Vice President Mike Pence. That's amazing. I say that not to say I'm so great. I say that to say one act of obedience, one step toward yeah. learning and educating yourself can lead to many, many more things. And I believe God's calling people to take Jesus to the ballot box, to not leave him at the hundred foot marker and go, you know, Jesus, I'm with you every other moment, but I'm going to vote how I want to think or how I believe when I go into this ballot box. No, no. You know, your your podcast is set apart. Mm -hmm. the, the body of Christ is called in this hour to be set apart yeah. and walk in holiness in every area of our life. And that includes our civic duties. That includes uh, spending time praying for our elected officials that we may have peace and live a peaceful life. Uh, mm -hmm. First Timothy says yeah. so, you know, sanctifying those things in our life and and doing them and walking with God in those places will produce great fruit for our individual lives, our families and our state and our nation. Mm -hmm. And I just want to call the body of Christ to a new level of holiness as it relates to their civic duty as Americans. Yeah. Um, because, yes, God loves all nations, but he has a specific call for this nation and he's not done. He loves America. He loves America much more than I love America and much more than the burdens of your heart that you have for your nation and your city. So just take that to him. Take those burdens to him. Show up, engage and follow him as it relates to these areas. And don't be afraid. The enemy wants us to be afraid. And God wants to give us a spirit of boldness where we can be lions and lambs at the same time in America, right? In this moment of history, this is the greatest hour to be alive. Come on. The greatest hour to be alive. And just know when we suffer persecution and suffering, I mean, nobody, you know, I have a little bit of better understanding having a million dollars spent against me and my family when I was running for Congress of what persecution and suffering looks like. 
I don't understand what the Coptic Christians in Egypt feel or, you know, yeah. Muslims that, are, you know, leave their families. I don't have an understanding of that in my grid, yeah. but I have a little more understanding that when we step out in the place that God's called us to, we will suffer, but he is faithful to walk with us yeah. and he loves us and he's after our heart every moment. And so just go out there and be amazing Christians in America. Come on. You have a book, don't you? I have a couple little books, one on John 17, and I have one called Enduring to the End, Overcoming Offenses, Bitterness, and Unforgiveness. And that's from walking through the aftermath of losing my race by 3,000 votes and forgiving my opponent and doing a fundraiser on his behalf and loving him. And so, um, yeah, yeah the, you, people can get those at christiansengage.org, our website. Yes. Um, um, they can just request that um, and or call us and we'll make sure that they can get those books. But we have lots of resources, lots of hundreds of articles, uh, our own podcasts and videos and different resources to educate the people. I love that. Thank you for what you're doing. I love that. So go to christiansengage.org, guys, and check out. Like if you need more information, if you're wanting to understand more, I think that's a perfect website to go to. Um, and then, uh, Bunny, I'm I'm so grateful for you. I would love for you to pray for all of us before we end this combo. Absolutely, let's let's pray. God, we just thank you that you love America so deeply. God, you care about our lives. You care about our families and our communities, our state and our nation. And God, in this moment in history, Lord, we just turn to you. We cry out to you. We believe for your goodness and mercy to follow us all the days of our life. And God, you care so deeply about people that you want a nation that is uh, full of freedom and full of liberty, full of religious freedom, full of liberty for the unborn. Um, you have so many things in your heart as it relates to this nation. So we pray um, that you would send labors into your harvest. God, you said for us to pray for labors. So God, I pray for the body of Christ in this hour to wake up yeah. every young person that's watching this, every young person that's listening, God, that they would be awakened um, with uh, righteous anger, God, in this hour of what's happening in our nation and that they would want to be a part. So many of us are looking for a mission. We're looking for something that um, can we can change things where we can do something. Well, we have much to do yeah. in this generation. So, God, we just pray that those who are listening would be commissioned to be all that you've called them to be, that we wouldn't be thankful for our great nation, that we would be thankful for the prosperity we've been given and the freedoms we've been given. And God, we would use it for your glory, God. We want to see many, many people come to faith in Jesus. We want to see many people fall in love with you, God. And so help us to pray, to vote and engage and create an environment of freedom in our great nation. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you. You're awesome. I feel so much love and peace hearing you too. You really carry that. Also, side comment for you. Um, I think your voice and your look are so cool. And I know that may sound like a weird compliment, but your voice and your look are so cool. And God made you for all that you're doing. And I can't wait to see where he takes you. But there really is some, there's something about those two things together um, that are really powerful in your call. And I love it. So I, I know that's such, I've never said that to anybody before about that dynamic 
duo you've got going on. That's really cool because I'm one of those people that loves yoga pants and never likes to put makeup or fix my hair. So Jamie Lynn, you've just affirmed my feminine side. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> and we won't tell people that I have adult children and actually I have two daughter-in-laws too. <laughs> no, but see, that's what's crazy to me. You look, I don't know how old you are, but you look way younger than I think you probably are. Like way younger. And that's, and I think that's part of it too. Um, but thank you so much. So for you guys tuning in, I hope this encourages you. If you find, um, if you find value in this content, please go subscribe to this podcast, go leave a written review. I want to hear from you. Message me. Let me know if this touched you. Let me know how I can pray for you. Um, it's easier if you message me on Instagram at Jamie Lynn wall now. And then also for more life-giving, awesome, slander-free, gossip-free content on what's going on in our nation, go follow my new Instagram account called The Next America Show, and uh, it'll take